For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Russian President Vladimir Putin called the U.S. dollar's drop in dominance, quote, objective and irreversible during the recent BRICS summit in South Africa, as Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa formally agreed to use local currencies instead of the U.S. dollar. It's the first shoe to drop. As demand for the dollar weakens, the buying power of the dollar also weakens. That's why Birch Gold Group is busier than ever. Investors and savers are looking to harness the power of physical gold held in a tax-sheltered IRA. Text MONICA to 989-898 for your free info kit on gold. Thousands of happy customers, an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, and countless five-star reviews you can count on Birch Gold to help you navigate transitioning an existing IRA or 401k into an IRA in gold. As the U.S. dollar continues to receive pressure from foreign countries, digital currency, and central banks, arm yourself with information on how to protect your savings. Just text MONICA to 989-898 to claim your free info kit from Birch Gold Group right now. Hey guys, I'm Monica Crowley and this is the Monica Crowley Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me here on this Monday as we kick off a brand new week. This is your go-to for hot liberty, a safe space for all of us thought criminals, independent thinkers, and yes, happy warriors. Check me out on social media. On Instagram, I am at Monica Crowley underscore and Twitter and True Social, I am at Monica Crowley. Email address Monica Crowley Podcast at gmail.com. Monica Crowley Podcast at gmail.com. Send me a note. Let me know what's on your mind. I might read yours at the end of some upcoming show, but I can't unless you send me a note. Monica Crowley Podcast at gmail.com. All right, today we saw the funeral of Queen Elizabeth II. I thought it was a lovely service. I didn't see it all. Woke up a little late this morning, but not not too late, about 6.45, so I missed the bulk of it. I don't know if you guys watched it, but I thought from what I saw, it was a lovely service for the UK's longest-serving monarch and someone who is really the connective tissue for us all through the generations, right? The greatest generation is passing from the scene. Very few of them left. They're well into their 90s or even their their hundreds at this point. So her passing is a very poignant moment because it really is the end of an era. A lot of people use that phrase, end of an era, and it becomes a cliche. But her death actually is the end of an era. And at some point soon, maybe later this week, I've got some things I want to say about now King Charles and his past and what I think uh, the future holds for him. And Harry and Meghan, I've got a couple of things that I want to say about them, as you can imagine. 
Today is not the day for that, but later in the week, let's do that. Also, last night, Joe Biden was on 60 Minutes, uh, basically provoking World War III and saying that the pandemic is now over. We're going to get into all of that here on Wednesday on the show because there are big themes here with the Queen and with Joe Biden and what he had to say. Bigger themes than just the funeral or him saying the pandemic is over or starting World War III. There are bigger issues here. And as you know, when you listen to this podcast, that is exactly what we do here on this show. We do the 30,000 foot viewpoint and we tease the immediate issues out back to the much bigger themes and narratives and issues that are actually going on that affect all of us. So all of that's coming up later in the week. Today, though, I want to deal with a very specific national security threat, which very few, if anybody, is talking about. But it's a clear and present danger to each and every one of us. I am talking about life and death, and no one is discussing it. Because it's all Biden's doing on purpose. Everything he is doing is on purpose. Monica, he's a puppet. Yeah, he's a malleable puppet. He is doing exactly what he is told and he believes it. Oh, but Monica, he's senile. Yeah, he's senile. For, for some things, he's senile. But the man knows what he's doing the vast majority of the time, at least on the bigger stuff. So when we talk about this national security threat, understand Joe Biden is deliberately putting us all in danger. But you're not hearing about it because in order to protect him from the consequences of his own policies, because that would make him look bad, no one is discussing this, but we're going to. Also today, we're going to talk to the woman taking on Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Her name is Tina Forte. She is fierce and fantastic, and unlike Sandy Cortez, she was born and raised in the district in the Bronx. I give her so much credit for taking on the queen communist, a lot of queens around these days, the queen communist AOC, and I wanted to have her on the show today, so this is not to be missed. All that and your emails straight ahead. First, though, let's roll. You know, we just marked the 21st anniversary of the September 11th attacks when Islamic jihadists attacked the United States in New York, Washington, D.C., and of course, we saw that plane crash uh, thanks to those heroic passengers that commandeered the uh, cockpit back from those Islamic terrorists, and the plane crashed in that field in Pennsylvania. That plane was headed back toward Washington, D.C., and those heroes on that flight took that plane down and saved countless lives. But on that day, 21 years ago, we saw the absolute horror of international terrorism, which had come in fits and starts to us over the years. Uh, terrorists either attacked us abroad, our interests abroad, like they did in Lebanon in 1983, the Marine barracks, that was Iran, uh, Libya under Gaddafi. We've seen international terrorism, Palestinian hijackings throughout the 1970s. We saw it, and then uh, it started to come here 
in little bits, right? Like, so we saw before 9-11, we saw the attack on the World Trade Center several years prior to that. And it killed some people. Remember, it was an explosion in one of the garages at the World Trade Center. Uh, And then we saw, you know, uh, certain attacks against people of the Jewish faith, Jewish leaders here in the United States, and so on. But 9-11 was a horse of a different color. 9-11 was an attack uh, on a grand scale, and it was meant to be a global attack focused here in the United States as a signal to Uh, all of the infidels across the West, that international terrorism and the Islamic Jihad was now at a completely different level. That was the message of 9-11. And on that day and in the weeks and years after, you know, it really showed the worst of humanity, dark, murderous, evil, and the best of humanity, selflessness, sacrifice, heroism, goodness, and light. It showed all of those things. But here we are, 21 years after the fact of 9-11, and we've got something else going on on our southern border. It is wide open, and so anybody who wants to come here can come in without a problem at all, thanks to Joe Biden and the other open border uh, neo-communists who are running the country right now. And of course, we've often talked about the much bigger picture of why they are allowing this to happen, why they want it to happen, why they continue to permit it, which is the fundamental transformation of the nation. They want to flood the zone, implode the system by overwhelming the system in order to change the very nature of the country. We have talked about this repeatedly on this show, but today I really want to dig into the national security aspect of this because it relates directly to what we just saw on Martha's Vineyard and what we're seeing in now all of the cities because Governor DeSantis, Governor Abbott, Governor Ducey, they are all now shipping a number of these illegals, and I mean, this is just spinning in the sea of the illegals who have come into the country. You're talking about 50 on Martha's Vineyard, right? Uh, You're talking about a couple of thousand into New York, into Chicago, uh, into Washington, D.C. Kamala Harris's residence got, what, 150 over the last couple of days. So again, these are very small numbers compared to the flood, the tsunami of illegals that the Biden administration has allowed into this country, really without any cause for concern whatsoever. So we're going to tie it all together today, okay? So you've got this wide open border where you have hundreds of thousands of illegals coming across the border every single month. You've got even more gotaways that just are not apprehended, have no interaction with the border patrol at all, just come into the country and melt away into the country, doing God knows what, God knows where. You've got tens of thousands of unaccompanied minors, children being trafficked into the country, Uh, drug dealers, the cartels, the flood of fentanyl and other drugs, uh, rapists and, and everything else. Remember when Trump got criticized to no end very early in the 2016 campaign? I think it was like... Shortly after he announced, it may have been his very first press conference after he announced, maybe it was the day he announced, but anyway, he was talking about illegal immigration as a critical issue in this country, economically, politically, culturally, but also in terms of national security. And he made the point of saying, yeah, they're sending rapists, murderers, child predators, they're not sending their best. Remember that? 
And of course, he got clobbered for saying it all day long, still does for that comment. And he was exactly right. Of course, Trump was right about pretty much everything on this. Absolutely right. So we have seen this over the last uh, year and a half plus since Biden has been president, wide open border, wide open ports of entry. So we've had this flood of people come in. And nobody here is tying it together in terms of 9-11 and what we saw that day or, or an even worse attack. Because as I always say on the show, guys, our side lacks imagination. The other side, the Democrat communists, the Islamic jihadists, they all have a huge overflow of imagination. Our side does not. Our side sits with what's exactly in front of us. Their side spends years, decades even, thinking of new and creative ways to take down this country and kill millions of us. Our side doesn't have that kind of imagination. When we come back, I want to set what we're seeing now into context with 9-11 and the aftermath of that and how we were all wringing our hands and wondering how it could happen. You know how it could happen? This, the open border. That's how it could happen. That's how it is happening, right under our noses, and nobody is talking about it. But I also want to tie it to something else that we are seeing, also that nobody is talking about as well. So when we come back, we're going to cover all of that. Sit tight. Okay, everybody, listen up. We all want to be healthier, right? Well, to get there, we have to have a healthier diet, which is not always easy to do. I can attest to that. You know, that shredded lettuce in a double-double and the fruit filling in a donut are amazing, but they do not count toward the recommended five servings of fruits and vegetables a day. Sorry to be the one to break it to you, but they don't. I don't always eat healthy either, but I will share that the Mayo Clinic says if you want to help prevent heart disease, lower blood pressure, and cholesterol, eat five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. I don't, and you probably won't. That's why I take Field of Greens. Unlike other supplements, each fruit and each vegetable in Field of Greens was medically selected by doctors to support your vital organs, like the heart, lungs, kidneys, and the immune system. Flu season is here, and I trust Field of Greens to help me stay healthy. Field of Greens works fast and tastes so good. It's really delicious, guys, and you'll feel better with more energy, and you'll notice your skin, hair, and nails will look healthier, too. I certainly noticed that in me since I started taking Field of Greens. If you don't always eat right and exercise, join me and take Field of Greens. Let me get you started with 15% off your first order. Visit fieldofgreens.com and use promo code MONICA. That's promo code MONICA at fieldofgreens.com, fieldofgreens.com. Okay, welcome back. So let's pull all of this together. After 9-11, we were all uh, horrified, obviously, by what had happened to our beloved country. And everybody was running around wondering how this could happen. Well, we had a 9-11 commission. I want to get to that in a second. But this country and the West 
is constantly, we're constantly blind to what is sitting right in front of us and how our enemies tell us exactly who they are, what they believe, and what they intend to do. And still, we disarm ourselves. We literally disarm ourselves like the left wants to do to all of us with guns, of course. But as a national security principle, we still don't do it. We still leave ourselves open to this kind of thing. So now we've got this wide open border. And God knows who coming in. And everybody is going to wonder how something could happen, right? Well, this is it. This is how it happens. Many of the hijackers who were here in the country on 9-11 carried out the attack were here on expired visas. Remember? Do you remember that? I know it was 21 years ago, but think. None of them were flagged, never mind removed from the country. After the attack, we had that 9-11 commission. Remember that? And that commission determined that there were too many walls between law enforcement and intelligence, between the FBI and CIA and NSA, etc., that they needed to be able to communicate better, to flag potential threats. Do you remember all of that? There was this big conversation about how we've got to fix that so law enforcement and intel could communicate with each other and raise the flags as each agency, as each organization saw the red flags come up. And then, of course, after 9-11, we created the Department of Homeland Security to try to better identify potential terrorists and stop them before an attack. We had thousands of dead Americans in the street on 9-11 because immigration also did not do its job. And law enforcement didn't do its job. And intelligence didn't do its job. I guess they were all focused on us, on creating the infrastructure for domestic terrorism, meaning you and me, which we're now seeing. I guess all that time ago, they were focused on creating all of that because they knew what was coming down the pike. So they weren't focused on the actual enemies of America. They were focused on building out an infrastructure to attack and target us eventually. So all of that was supposed to be fixed after 9-11, but it's not. Again, they are turning their attention to you and me, not to the actual threats posed by external enemies and real domestic terrorists, real domestic enemies. They're not focused on them at all. So now you've got two things leading to a perfect storm of a terrorist attack. And this is where I want to bring it all together. First, you've got the collapse of Afghanistan, thanks to the calamitous withdrawal under Joe Biden last year, which created a huge power vacuum being filled by the Taliban, Al-Qaeda, ISIS, Iran, China, and Russia, none of whom are our friends, all of whom want to see us destroyed. So now you've got Afghanistan, which is a hotbed of terrorist activity far more than it was before 9-11. So you have that on one side, and then on the other side, right on our border, wide open, with terrorists just meandering across without a problem. Listen to this, guys. There's been a sharp rise in the number of suspected terrorists coming across our border under Biden. The number of these potential terrorists caught doesn't represent a more efficient border patrol. Border patrol is doing the absolute best they can under the circumstances, and they're getting zero support from this administration, and their morale sucks, understandably so. But it doesn't mean a more efficient border patrol. 
Again, they're doing the best they can, but that's not what this is about. The high number of suspected terrorists caught coming into the country just means that there have been more attempts by terrorists to cross our border. It's the same reason more fentanyl is being seized. That doesn't mean fewer drugs are getting across the border. It just means far more drugs are coming across. We can only know what's being caught, not what actually gets through. Listen to this. Between October of 2021 and August 15th of this year, just a couple short weeks ago, there were 66 individuals on the terror watch list who were apprehended by U.S. Border Patrol. That's more than all of fiscal years 2017 to 2021 combined. During those years, 26 suspected terrorists came across the border. Now, in just the space of less than a year, 66 suspected terrorists came across the border. In July alone, the Border Patrol apprehended 10 people on the terror watch list. 10. All it takes is one, right? In previous years, Border Patrol agents had only encountered three terror suspects a year or none at all. So we're definitely seeing a ramping up of suspected terrorists coming across the border. And why not? Border's wide open. If they didn't try, they would uh, be remiss. At least one terrorist caught by Customs and Border Patrol has been allowed to stay in the United States. This according to Deadline Detroit in January of this year. Listen to this. We now know of one case where the government caught a person who's flagged on the terror watch list only to release him into the interior, his family in tow. The Biden administration has released Issam Bazi, who was caught waiting along the shores of the Rio Grande River in Texas last November to be released on his own recognizance while he awaits a March asylum hearing in Detroit. According to sensitive government documents obtained exclusively by Deadline Detroit, Bozzi and his family are living presumably in Dearborn in a house owned by his cousin on a tree-lined street. Oh, isn't that nice? The American dream for the suspected terrorist. Knocks to the door by the press when unanswered. Bazi, a 50-year-old citizen of Venezuela, born in Lebanon, is not supposed to be in America because federal law prohibits those with suspected connections to terrorist groups from entering. It also bars their spouses and children, but apparently this guy has them all with him. Bazi, according to the documents, is described as a person, quote, with high derogatory information with ties to an unspecified terror group. Bazi and his family were detained in Texas last November as authorities decided what to do with him. Background checks and at least one interrogation were conducted. The FBI recommended that Bazi continue to be detained. Well, what do you know? The FBI did one thing, right? Agents from Immigration and Customs Enforcement also deemed him a flight risk. Okay, so you had two government agencies here, guys, who were stepping up saying, hold on to this guy, he's a flight risk, let's not release him. So why is he free in America? Well, get this. Officials from the Department of Homeland Security, DHS, ordered his release. One of the mitigating factors, according to those documents, was that Bazi had a precondition that made him highly susceptible to COVID-19. That precondition? 
Bozzi is overweight. So you got a fat terrorist here roaming around free because DHS was all, oh, COVID-19, he's overweight, mitigating factor, let him go. And so he and his family were discharged on or about December 9th of last year with the promise that Bozzi would show up in Detroit for his immigration hearing. Do you want to take odds on whether or not he actually showed up? Yeah. Right. Now, again, on the show, we're all about putting the pieces of the puzzle together. Listen to this. Just yesterday, Breitbart broke the story on the DHS bulletin on Venezuela, emptying its prisons of violent criminals and sending them to the United States. A recent Department of Homeland Security intelligence report received by the Border Patrol instructs agents to look for Venezuelan inmates, inmates released if they try to enter the United States. This according to a source within the Border Patrol. The report indicates the Venezuelan government, under the leadership of Nicolas Madero, is purposely freeing inmates including some convicted of murder, rape, and extortion. The intelligence report warns agents the freed prisoners have been sent within migrant caravans traveling from Mexico toward the border as recently as July. The source also said that the move is reminiscent of a similar action taken by Cuban dictator Fidel Castro during the Mariel boatlift in the 1980s. The report does not state whether the released prison inmates were traveling as a cohesive group, but does state it was commonly shared knowledge among migrants traveling to the United States within a caravan in July that many of the Venezuelan migrants in the group were convicts and included hardened criminals. Again, murderers, rapists, extortionists, child predators. According to Breitbart, the report does not specify that the release of the convicts, understanding that they would head to the United States, could be a purposeful geopolitical move specifically intended to impact U.S. national security. Another information gap cited in the report acknowledges the unknown role the Bolivarian National Intelligence Service, or Venezuelan's equivalent to the CIA, may have played in the deliberate release of these inmates. The source says the task of identifying Venezuelans who have criminal records in their home country is nearly impossible. Of the thousands of Venezuelan migrants surrendering along the U.S.-Mexico border daily, Most, according to the source, are being released into the United States. Without effective diplomatic relations with Venezuela, the source says access to criminal databases in that country simply does not exist. So, remember, Trump gets clobbered for saying, hey, they're sending their murderers, their rapists, child predators, extortionists. They're sending the worst of the worst, the drug dealers. Oh, look at him, he's so racist. Trump is such a bigot. What a flaming imbecile. Well, as we have seen uh, since Joe Biden became president, certainly recently, but throughout this entire time, they are not sending their best. Donald Trump was exactly right. If you want to take down America, of course you flood the country with your worst criminals, murderers, rapists, extortionists, and the rest. Of course you do. You'd be derelict if you didn't. Guess who's flooding the border right now? Venezuelans. Guess who was flown to Martha's Vineyard? Venezuelans. 
Are they murderers and rapists? Maybe. Who knows? Also, I want to point out that Venezuela is under a communist ruler. This is all communism. Communism requires violent mayhem in order to succeed. They keep us all in fear. They keep us all fighting each other in order for them to slam through their agenda and gain ever more power and control. That's what all of this is about. Now, to my point about putting all of the pieces together as we continue to do that on this show. It's also worth talking about a different type of immigration that is bringing terrorists under Joe Biden. And that is the Afghan refugee airlift. Remember that last year? Biden and his team constantly told us, oh, don't worry about it. Uh, we are vetting these people up ways and down ways and uh, anybody coming into the country has been fully vetted. Well, now we know he lied straight up about vetting these refugees. They didn't vet anybody. According to CBS, the Department of Homeland Security lacked, quote, critical data to properly screen, vet, and inspect Afghan evacuees after the Taliban takeover of Afghanistan in August 2021. This according to a report issued by the department's watchdog and obtained by CBS News. The 34-page report by the DHS Office of the Inspector General concluded that the department granted parole or temporary legal permission to enter and stay in the U.S. to Afghan evacuees who were, quote, not fully vetted following the massive airlift by the United States during the chaotic last days of the withdrawal of U.S. forces. Uh, The DHS Inspector General Joseph Chufari said, quote, U.S. Customs and Border Protection did not always have critical data to properly screen, vet, or inspect the evacuees. We determined some information used to vet evacuees through U.S. government databases, such as name, date of birth, identification number, and travel document data was inaccurate, incomplete, or missing. And among that group were some likely terrorists, according to a different report out of the Pentagon early this year. Listen to this. This is the Department of Defense saying the same thing, saying, oh, whoops-a-daisy, some terrorists may have come in via Afghanistan. Quote, as of November 2, 2021, National Ground Intelligence Center personnel had identified 50, 50 Afghan personnel in the U.S., with information in DOD records that would indicate potentially significant security concerns. In a footnote, they clarified such concerns include individuals, quote, whose latent fingerprints have been found on improvised explosive devices and known or suspected terrorists, and for which the National Ground Intelligence Center sends derogatory information notifications to appropriate DOD personnel. Okay, so now we have all of the pieces together, Afghanistan, the wide open border, and now intelligence and law enforcement agencies here in the United States targeting us rather than paying attention to actual threats to the American people. I hope to God I'm wrong about all of this. But if we're hit, and frankly, I'm surprised we haven't gotten hit yet, but if we're hit, it could make 9-11 look like child's play. It could be another biological attack or a chemical attack or, God forbid, a nuclear one. We just had a biological attack with COVID-19. 
We lack imagination, guys. Think about it. But we could experience any of these attacks, biological, another one, chemical, nuclear, God knows. But maybe that's why New York City just did a briefing on what to do in the event of a nuclear attack. Literally just a couple of weeks ago, everybody in New York was like, what the hell is this? It was crazy. They put up this video and it was like some hipster girl talking about how you should duck and cover. Duck and cover under a desk or under a table. So obviously we haven't gotten any more sophisticated in dealing with a nuclear attack since the 1950s. It's the same instructions. Get under a desk and close your eyes. What? What is this? Well, maybe they see the threat that we see. I don't know. But I do know if, God forbid, there is another terrorist attack on that kind of grand scale, or frankly, any terror attack, the blood will be on Joe Biden's hands and the hands of his entire administration. Obviously, the Department of Homeland Security, which let the terrorists go, which has the wide open border, they are completely political. They're not interested in homeland security. They're not interested in your safety and protection or that of your family. They could care less. This is all political. The the DHS is deep, deep, deep in this agenda about the fundamental transformation of the nation. So they could care less. The government department that is tasked with homeland security is actually all about homeland insecurity. That's what all of this is about. So if there is another attack, the blood will be on Joe Biden's hands and there will be more hand-wringing about how all of this could happen just as it did right after 9-11 when it is so clear that this is now likely to happen given all of the puzzle pieces coming together right now. Afghanistan, wide open border, government agencies tasked with protecting you that are actually targeting you instead. All of this is another perfect storm of the kind we saw before 9-11. It is all coming together. It's not just a possible terror attack, it's a probable terror attack. Because our current regime is doing everything possible to make it happen. That's what's so infuriating and horrifying about all of this. Your government is supposed to be there to protect you. That their, their two roles are protect and defend the Constitution and protect and defend the American people and the American homeland and our interests. That's it. And the government is doing the exact opposite. It's all being done on purpose. They are deliberately putting us in harm's way. This is not incompetence or just basic government stupidity. It's neo-Marxist with fascist tactics to remake the country. And if thousands or millions of us die in the meantime, so be it. That's where we are right now. All right, when we come back, we're going to change gears and talk to Tina Forte, who is the Republican candidate in New York's 14th district, which happens to be the Bronx. And her opponent is none other than AOC. I give this woman a ton of credit. She is going to join us coming up next. But first, guys, listen up, because I do want to take a moment to welcome a brand new sponsor, Nutrafol. Ladies, we all want to look and feel our absolute best And we all know our hair is such an important part of that, right? Our hair is our crowning glory. 
But did you know that 30 million women are impacted by weakened or thinning hair? If you're among them, please know that you are not alone and that there's a solution you can trust to deliver results. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist-recommended hair growth supplement, clinically shown to improve your hair growth, thickness, and visible scalp coverage. Nutrafol is a simple addition to your daily routine. Just four pills a day, and you'll begin to experience thicker, stronger, and faster-growing hair in just three to six months. As Nutrafol's powerful ingredients bring your body back into balance, you may also notice improvements to your overall well-being, including more restful sleep, less stress, and better skin and nails. And Lord knows we all want that. And when you subscribe, you're going to receive automatic monthly deliveries so you never miss a dose. You can grow thicker, healthier hair and support our show by going to Nutrafol.com and entering the promo code MONICA to save $15 off your very first month subscription. This is their best offer anywhere, and it's only available to U.S. customers for a limited time. Plus, free shipping on every single order. So get $15 off at Nutrafol.com, spelled N U T. R-A-F-O-L, Nutrafol.com, and use the promo code MONICA. We'll be right back. Well, I am so happy to kick off this week and welcome the woman with the stones to take on Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. She is the Republican candidate for Congress in New York's 14th Congressional District, the Bronx. She is New York tough and Bronx fierce. Her name is Tina Forte, and her website is Tina Forte, F-O-R-T-E, Tina Forte for Congress.com. So please go there and check her out. She is amazing, and she is here with me now. Hi, Tina. Hi, good morning. How are you? Well, it's so great to have you here. And I was saying, you know, you put up all these fantastic videos and I knew you before I knew you before I think you started to run for office because you're just, you really put yourself out there for freedom, for the country and for what's right. So it's a real honor for me to have you join us. Thank you. It's an honor to be on. Thank you. Well, of course. And we've got a lot to cover with you. By the way, everybody who's listening around the country and around the world can hear your New York accent. So they know that you are not a carpetbagger. You are an authentic New Yorker, right? Oh, I am a Bronx girl through and through. Can't take that from me. I was born and raised Well, that's why you need to represent this district, because Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, or Sandy, uh, from the Bronx, is actually not really from the Bronx. She's from Westchester, whereas you are really from the Bronx, and you will really give that district an authentic voice. So let's start, start, Tina, with your background, uh, because I was reading on your website, again, TinaForteForCongress.com, that your father was a Marine and your mom was an entrepreneur. So they must have raised you with with a real love for the country. They did. I was raised with love of country. I raised my children that way. I raised my granddaughter that I adopted that way. She knew the Pledge of Allegiance at two years old. I have a video of it. Unfortunately, I can't post it. So, you know, you know how that goes. The left will come out after my nine-year-old granddaughter. She was two at the time when I taught her the Pledge of Allegiance. But yes, I was raised right. And that's instilled in me. 
And that's why I, I decided to jump into the race because I've had enough. Yeah, I was going to say, Tina, you know, there are so many. Well, first of all, let me take a step back. First of all, you are totally America first and everybody should know that you're all about yes, making America great again. And I have often made the point on TV and, and here and elsewhere that, you know, the left feared Donald, Donald Trump's success, not his failure, because they knew that if he succeeded, he would give rise to hundreds, if not thousands, of people exactly like you, normal Americans who love their country, who want to put America first. It's much easier for the left to try to take down That's one right. man and Donald Trump, but it's a lot more difficult for them to take out you and Carrie Lake and a million other America first candidates. So I love that you're pegging your it's campaign to that. Yes, I am. I'm America first. I'm not the establishment. I'm a patriot running to save our country. And Trump led the way. Congress is supposed to be of the people for the people. And it's time for us to take it back. And I'm not afraid to say that. I'm not afraid to call it out for what it is right now, what's going on in this country, especially with AOC, who's anti-American, anti-police, anti-jobs, and she's anti-freedom. She wants government to control everything, and I'm fighting to stop the government to control everything. What you also have on your website, Tina, which I love, is you're not afraid to use the word socialism. And I remember like, nope. you know, years ago going on TV saying this is a socialist revolution and people like Bill O'Reilly laugh in my face. Oh, come on, Crowley. Socialism, you're crazy. No, actually, socialism is too soft a word for what we're experiencing. It is like straight up communism at this point. And I love that you it's are unafraid. To, yeah. Say AOC, the C stands for communism. <laughs> well, you are unafraid yeah, to say it, and I love that. But communism, and it also stands for chicken, because I've been calling her out to debate me. So I have a few different uh, words for her little C in her name. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is a family show, <laughs> Tina. So let, let's not go down all the lists, but yes, but I Here love that. Are. I'll uh, just stick at communism and chicken. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's that's perfect. Um, so let's talk about AOC and your race with her. You have called her out to debate you. What's the status of that? She won't do it? She won't do it. She has not responded, but she did send out a mailer. Because I, if you do follow me and know me, you know I am the Trump flag drop girl. So I'm the one who would go to Trump Towers with all my friends and I would unveil the law and order Trump flags and just walk with the 100-foot Trump flags through Manhattan. So now I have oust AOC flags and they're big. And I've been putting them on overpasses all over the district in the middle of traffic and people are honking and beeping and waving. And she put out a mailer about me that my opponents putting flags, dropping flags all over in traffic and we need to fight back against her. I'm like, oh, well, she's not. She is acknowledging me. So I'm making noise. So I'm taking her on. No one will take her on. I'm taking her on. I want to face off with her. I want to debate her. Well, you know, this is what's so great about you, Tina, is that you you do believe in America first, but you're also totally fearless. You know, people look at that district. It's so heavily Democrat. And she is such a superstar on the left that nobody, uh, you know, you did have a primary, but people just sort of think, oh, you know, it can't be done because New York is so heavily blue, especially that district. It, she won't lose. She can't lose. And to that, you say what? She can lose. She can lose because I am very 
strong, um, loud, and I will not back down, I stand my ground. And the Latinos ran from socialism and communism, and they, la- they ran from those dictators. And we have those very dictators right now running our country, okay, because that's what they are. They are dictators from Joe Biden all the way down to AOC. And I understand this district. I was married in the district. I have a business in this district for over two decades. My family is in the district. I raised my kids in the district. And AOC is too busy being a celebrity and worried about pleasing her Marxist friends to take care about the people in this district. And I will call her out. And Reverend Rufin Diaz just endorsed me. And he is a Democrat. And I have them all behind me because they are tired of her. Can I say that is a huge, I didn't know that. So thank you for sharing that on the show, uh, Tina. I did not know that. He, for people outside of New York City, that is a huge endorsement. Ruben Diaz, that is a major, yes. major yes. score for you, Tina. So congratulations. But I can imagine that there are other Latinos in the district who are supporting you, who have, are completely disappointed with AOC and horrified by her. Oh, yes, from all over. I go, when I go to an event, they, they come out and, and they embrace me. They're like, you're, you're a regular person. I am a regular person. I'm not a polished politician and I will never be one. I will never sell myself out. I will never sell out anyone. I'm in it for all the right reasons. And that's why I was not endorsed by the establishment. And I can care less if I am or not, because I call them out too. So we're getting, we're getting toward the end of September. So really just another, what, five or six weeks until the election. Uh, New York has early voting. Do, are, is there any indication, Tina, that she is going to debate you or not? No, none, none at all. Nothing at all. She will probably do what everybody else does. They'll hide. Well, she won't hide in the basement, but she'll, she'll just hide. She'll go to Florida and enjoy her freedoms there because that, that's what she does. Yeah. You know, she wants to impose everything on New York, you know, and she will stay away. She will stay with her celebrity friends and she will act like the elitist that she is, and, and she won't come into the district. It, it's, and I'm calling her out to come into the district. Well, and to debate. You know, there's so many Democratic candidates across the country, not just AOC, but so many others running at Senate races, gubernatorial races, Congress. And, Tina, they won't debate their Republican um, uh, opponents. And it, you got to call them out for being cowardly. You know, she feels like she doesn't have to debate you because the district is in her pocket. But that's another big point that you should make she's afraid of no, you it's not and she's it's afraid of the truth because they put out when after reverend ruben diaz endorsed me another pastor put out and tagged aoc in it on twitter and says we are not behind you aoc we are behind tina forte and he put that out on twitter another pastor from ruben diaz when i met him also So I have a lot of support from the people that used to support her. And she better debate me. And if she won't, you're going to continue to call her out as the coward that she is. Yes, I am. AOC, the C stands for chicken. I will continue to call her out. I won't. I'm relentless. I will not stop. You know what you should do, Tina? This is just free, (laughs) free advice. You can take it or leave it. But you should hire someone in a chicken suit to go to her office in the district, maybe even Washington, D.C. as well, but wherever she is, because I assume she's out there campaigning somewhere, but you should have someone in a chicken costume just follow her around. 
I think that's a brilliant idea. Oh, I would love that. If I can find her, I'm going to do it. I should go to her office. Yeah. He's never at. Yeah. yeah. With a big it's sign. Outside there. Someone in a chicken yeah. outfit with a big sign calling her out. To beat me, AOC. Yeah, yeah, right. chicken. Right, You're exactly. Chicken. <laughs> exactly. The communist. The chicken <laughs> and the communist. Yeah, well, yes. yes, and there are other words for her as well, which we won't use on yes. this family program. We, um, won't, we won't use. <laughs> Tina, talk to us a little bit about the issues that you're hearing from the constituents in uh, the district in New York. High taxes, obviously, oppressive regulations, COVID mandates, but it seems to me like crime and illegal immigration also have to be right at the top. Yes, crime and illegal immigration are at the top. First off, they want they, the illegal immigration is out of control here. We need to take care of our veterans, okay? First and foremost, they should be taken care of before illegal immigrants. We need to be taking care of our homeless. Crime is out of control thanks to the woke DAs that won't do anything, and thanks to defunding our police, which, and they need to give them their immunity back because AOC was on that. She signed off on that too taking the police immunity away from them. So now the handcuffs are on our police, but they're not on the violent criminals. So our whole community, New York City and all across the country, but New York City is riddled with crime, the subways everywhere. And we have the highest tax burden. Our unemployment rate in New York City is double the national average. The people in the district have have suffered and are still suffering from the COVID policies that ruined businesses Mm -hmm. and stole over a year from our children in school that I was a very big voice for. We need more freedom. So I'm fighting for lower taxes, less crimes, better schools, and more freedom. Absolutely. really a big part of my platform. Yes, and it's a critical one, especially running in a city like New York, because our cities are in collapse, not just New York, but all across the country. These cities are in collapse. It's not the New York that we all either grew up in or visited. It is not the same New York. And I know you want to bring that back and restore it, right? Exactly, because we can't have leaders who support no bail for violent offenders. We can't have them defunding our police and our border patrol. We can't have leaders who push racist CRT in our schools. We can't have leaders who support school closures, mandates, lockdowns, business closures. And for all these reasons, we can't allow AOC to be reelected. Because you have to remember, she is pushing radicals for city council, state legislature. She is pushing for all these smaller seats. And we can't allow it because violent criminals are roaming free. And I also support school choice. Because she was very quick to get her goddaughter into a private school, but she will not support school choice. And I'm calling her out on that, too. That is a really important point. School choice. I think parents are going to destroy the Democratic Party in November. I really do. And I think that's going to be one of the big reasons. You pointed out that it's her niece that's in a private school. You know, it's not hypocrisy. Tina, I say this on the show all the time. We scream about hypocrisy. They could care less about hypocrisy. They don't care. It's hierarchy. It's the elite ruling class literally getting away with whatever they want because they've got the protection of each other and the press so they can do whatever they want. So she could send her family members to private school, but she doesn't want that for you and me. Exactly. And then she hates the rich, but she rubs elbows with them at the Mechel. You know, I just, she claims to want to help the working class, but takes the money to pay off the student loans for rich kids 
that don't even use their degrees. I mean, she's just so backwards and she's such a hypocrite. She has her own private security. I, I can go on and on in nauseam about AOC. I really can. And the people of New York are tired of her. I think tired of what's going on. I think, Tina, that is exactly right. I mean, I, I think even in deep blue areas, you know, the people in deep blue states and cities like New York or California, or Chicago, Illinois, Massachusetts, they will put up with a lot because they're culturally left wing or culturally Democrat. But when their quality right. of life is really affected by high crime, high taxes, inflation, gas prices, can't afford anything, yes. they hit a wall. And they will vote Republican when they hit that wall. And Tina, I swear to God, I think in the state of New York, in the city of New York, most New Yorkers have hit that wall. Yes, they have. And you have to remember, too, people like me because I'm not the average Republican. I'm not a politician. I'm a regular person. I've been a Republican all my life. I have very strong conservative values. I'm pro-life. You know, like I said, I adopted my own granddaughter because the mom, my son's girlfriend. They were young, 19, going on 20. I made her live in my house. She gave birth and I took my granddaughter and I adopted her. And I have very strong values and I relate to the people of this district. I relate to common sense, ordinary, normal, blue collar people, not a politician. And that's what wins a lot of people over to my side. You are our side. You are incredible and you're running on all the right issues and you you have exactly the right personality and persona, Tina, to pull this off. And if you pull this off on election night, you will be a giant killer. You will you will have yes. slayed the giant of AOC. And when you pull this off, not if, when Tina, you pull this off, you will immediately on no, the night of November 8th, when they call this race for you, you will immediately be a national superstar. Are you ready for that? Oh, yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> I know you are. And I can't wait because you will immediately rock it to just as she did when she took out Joe Crowley in the Democratic primary a couple of years ago um, and became the Democratic nominee. She immediately became superstar, right? Well, when you do this yes, on did. November 8th, you are going to do the same. So I hope you're ready because I'm you- ready and I will be a superstar for the right reason. I will be a superstar for America first for our country. That's what I will be a superstar for. That's all I want. Amen. That's all I want. Amen. Tina Forte, she is the Republican candidate in New York's 14th district. Her campaign website is Tina Forte, F-O-R-T-E, Tina Forte for Congress.com. Please go check her out and support her however you can. We need to take out AOC politically. We're going to do it on November 8th with the sensational Tina Forte. Tina, thank you so much and go get him, girl. Thank you so much, Monica. God bless you. God bless. Okay, guys, welcome back. Time now for the Monday email bag. Don't forget to send me an email to Monica Crowley Podcast at gmail.com. That's Monica Crowley Podcast at gmail.com. John in Fayetteville, North Carolina, writes in with what he would do with the billions of dollars we're currently sending to Ukraine. I would use it to build me a secure building, he writes then use what's left to fix my original home in Brooklyn, New York. I'd give the homeless some place to stay. 
lock up the criminals and get the drug addicted a chance at recovery. Make most of them work cleaning the streets. Basically what Mayor Giuliani did, except I would also buy the Mets and turn them into a real baseball team. (laughs) Well, there's a lot we could do with the, uh, what is it now, about $45 billion that we have currently sent to Ukraine. There's a lot we could do with that right here at home, John. But of course, we don't have America first anymore. We've got America last. As we have said, the Ukraine war is just a giant slush fund for the ruling class to launder money. Billions and billions and billions of dollars of your money going to Ukraine, getting laundered, and going right into their pockets. This is what the Biden crime family has been doing for years. So again, not a big surprise. But yes, John, you could do so much better and do a lot more good if you had the billions going to Ukraine. Your ambitions are grand and noble and your motives sound pure, John. I love what you would try to do for the addicted and the homeless. I also love that you would try to buy the Mets. That would be a great investment and super fun for you. And we'd all love to see that. So let us know if that happens. (laughs) Okay, that's going to do it for me here on this Monday. Thanks so much for joining me and for checking out our terrific sponsors. We all really appreciate that too. Have a great start to your week and I will see you right back here on Wednesday with another huge show. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.